What the? Mike, did you pick this? What? Hey, welcome to the Wise Guys Podcast. I'm Dr. Michael Terrian. And I'm Scott Lieb. We're two friends who are following Jesus into the joys and challenges of everyday life. So how's your week going? <laughs> wow, that's, that's a real general question. Um, fine, I guess. Uh, I... I it is a week. It's a week of feeling a, a little bit overwhelmed. Um, I not only do I, I I'm, I'm spoiled. I get to do two jobs that I love, love. I love doing the the uh, discipleship work and stuff like that at Preambula. But I also get to be an architect and I get to design really, really cool, beautiful homes for people. And, uh, you know, everything from like additions and small additions, renovations to, you know, big new houses. And so it's like I wake up excited about what I'm going to do. But there are moments where I'm like, oh, man, like burning the candle at both ends. And just I, I go between loving it, loving being being like frantic and like high, high pressure, high energy situations to like, I just want to. I just want to take a week off and do nothing. And I, I, I am taking some time off next week to go to Florida to a beach. Oh, I'm glad you <laughs> told your boss. Oh, yeah. I forgot to put it on my my uh, vacation calendar. Oh. But it'll be on there. And okay. It's all, it's all in the up and up. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Thanks for letting me know. Yes. You're welcome. <laughs> well, this is a good enough place that. to drop yeah, that. Yeah, right. Like, so. Scott's going on vacation next week. It's just Friday. Just, Friday and Monday over the weekend, like oh, an extended weekend. Long weekend. Good. Yeah, yeah. Good. Well, good. Yeah. How about how about you? How's my week? Well, my week has been I won't go into all the uh, details, but it's been a kind of a crazy week. But for me the craziness has been it's been a busy week in the church and uh and in the and in in our political scene. Hmm. And, uh, How so? How so? I don't. Uh, I will say I peruse Yahoo headlines, you know, and yeah. I'm like, oh, if this if this looks interesting, if it's, you know, some some weird kind of thing, I'll be like, I'm I'm really I'm a junkie about the, whoever writes headlines. It works for me because <laughs> it's either like your headline is interesting and I read it or your headline is super boring and I don't have time for it. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean the the big the big things going on. I mean, we there's a big kerfuffle around Pope Francis again with uh, some cardinals uh, putting some questions to him that they wanted answered, and uh, he answered them. But there's kind of a some drama behind all of that, and mm. then and then he came out with uh, kind of a follow up exhortation on his uh, previous letter dealing with the environment and so uh and then the synod of synodality you know the, the next session of that still can't figure out what that means yeah go ahead yeah. but uh all, that's starting up this week and so you know as a theologian i'm just i'm paying attention to i first of all i'm just trying to get my head around mm. what's being said and who's saying it and what yeah i bet you're all giddy Giddy well, I don't know about Giddy. I mean, I, I, I was like, I was like in a weird headspace yesterday trying to process all of it and trying to figure out, you know, 
and uh, you know, there's there's a lot of hyper reactivity in all of this, um, and I'm trying very hard not to play into that. That's and just good. to be thoughtful and more poised and reflective and prayerful around uh, mm. what's being said, but it's hard. And then, and then in American politics, you know, I don't know if you heard the news. Probably not, knowing you. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> but the uh, there was an interesting uh, expulsion of the or they voted the House Speaker out. I did. I did. Oh, you did. Uh, well, You're, I read the first read paragraph the of that article. Yeah. And it was just kind of a strange, um, the vote sort of was comprised of a strange alliance between the entire uh, caucus of Democrats in the House of Representatives, and I think it was eight MAGA Republicans Hmm. joining forces to oust Kevin McCarthy, and I literally just can't understand that. Like, I don't understand it. Like, just mm. from just looking at politics objectively, how two bitter sides, far sides of our political spectrum would want to come together against the common cause against a pretty decently nice guy. Like, yeah. I just don't get it. Yeah. And I think everybody's scratching their heads. But is he is how would you describe Kevin McCarthy? Is he a centrist? Is he, you know solidly well, conservative. I, I, I'm not really like, I'm not deep into politics and yeah. I can't really evaluate the individuals all that well, yeah. but he just seems like more or less a fairly centrist Republican, you know, um, and, uh, you know, conservative, not only as a ideological conservative, but kind of a conservative hmm. conservative. Okay. Like yeah. I mean, he's, he's not, uh, he's not really, uh, he's not going to, disrupt the boat you sure know, I think he wants sure. some stability and he was getting things done and but and he's obviously not conservative enough yeah for, for yeah so i mean this is i think part of what what's been challenging for me on a personal level is that there's just so much hyper act hyper reactivity yeah our environments both politically and and in the church are so toxic toxic in the sense that everybody's just like foaming at the mouth and so visceral about everything and um and i don't like i personally don't want to get sucked into that yeah but then when you dig into stuff it's really hard to get to the bottom of what's like what's going on who's on first you know is this what is this way it's being reported accurate yeah um how do i know who i'm supposed to believe because we're so polarized into our little groups that and 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 we just tend to those groups tend to feed their biases and feed their ideological convictions yeah and then everybody just it just becomes kind of like a like a feeding frenzy in the in the in the public spaces whether it's the media or whatever and um huh well so i just <clears throat> like i i'm trying to like i i i like to understand what's going on yeah. But it's really hard. Um, and it takes a lot of time. And I was saying this to you earlier. It's like, like I like to take my time to formulate what I think about something and not just respond to how I immediately feel about what I hear. Yeah, but that's not cool. It's not cool today to do that. Yeah. The cool thing <laughs> is you react immediately. You say whatever you want to say with the, the limited depth of knowledge that you might have. Or experience, and you you make some you make some crazy statement, 
and get people to like jump on board with you. Like that's the cool thing. Like the the nuanced, reflective, uh, patient response. That's so boring. Well, I you know it's funny that you say that. I mean it it it. I mean I don't think it's boring. But <laughs> well, but the, no, pro- yeah, but the problem is, like, yesterday I was reading all this stuff, and I really wanted to sit down and formulate a response and, and throw my, my hat in on a, on a number of things. Yeah. But I thought, by the time I actually take the time to do it in a way that I feel comfortable with what I'm putting out there, like, that news cycle is gone. Yeah, it's already over. It's gone. Like, yeah. it would take me, given my current responsibilities... Like at least a week to get something yeah. put out. Now, like with the Pope's letter, I I have some time to to think about what I would say in response to to that, um, and uh, but but in terms of the, you know, by the time you get your thoughts, like by the time I get my thoughts together, it's like it's on to the next thing, and so it's just this. It's almost like a, the vision I have is like a mob, that just goes from. St- city block to city block just throwing rocks through the window mm. and calling this um like hmm. like i don't know it's just it's just so unhelpful and and it just keeps kind of like compounding and escalating and we just never get anywhere and so totally. i get to the point where i'm like oh, i just don't want to participate in it like i don't i don't want to pay attention and follow this stuff because i can't like in one level i can't keep up with the pace of the turnover of the of the of the media cycle but at the same time, I'm just so disgusted with the reactive and emotional and unreflective, highly opinionated points of view that yeah. are constantly being yeah. thrown out there. And I just, and uh, you know, as a scholar, I'm just like, I, you know, I was telling you earlier, it's like I used to jump in, you know, I used to jump yeah. into that when I was, when I was younger and, and, and I, I was. When I you could, were foolish and unwise. Well, Come I suppose I was cocksure and confident that I that <laughs> That's I had all the answers. Cocksure. And it's <laughs> I come from. Anyway, yeah, don't want to get on a tangent. Well, I just I I, I was so sure of yeah, what yeah. I what I thought about something. Yeah. And and over time realized how many times I came up short or came up wrong when some time passed and I had more time to think about something and maybe it's like, well, maybe I weighed in on that a little too yeah. fast because um, there were there were there were relevant facts or there were data points or there were different things out there that I didn't consider. Yeah. But this is the problem is that we've just we just are cultivating a culture of that kind of that kind of thing. And yes, so I, I, here's a couple of thoughts and, and um, maybe some questions with it. I find myself to be one of those people that <clears throat> is uh, non-reactive and. And it, I, I'm kind of looking back on my life, and I'm like, was I ever a person who reacted immediately? Like, no, I gotta, I, you know, get get all incensed and and feel like I have to, uh, you know, make sure everybody knows what I'm thinking and that what I'm thinking is right. And I don't know if I've ever been like that. And it's may, maybe because it's just the way I was raised. Maybe it's my personality. I tend to be more like, um, yeah, less reactive. So I find myself kind of. Maybe in a more curious state is what I would say. Like, I'm curious. Oh, that's that's interesting. Or, wow, what that person says is interesting. Whether it's the people that are criticizing the Pope or whether it's the people that are defending the Pope. I kind of find myself in the middle, like, curious. 
as to what the conversation is. So one, I'm really glad in a sense that there are people like you who do spend a lot of time analyzing and trying to break open these things for, you know, dumbasses like me so that I can, <laughs> so that I can learn more about them. Um, you said it. I did. And uh, but but it is it. And so it's the same with politics. Like I find myself to be very curiously in the in kind of the, the middle of things like not jumping to. I have no idea who Kevin. I don't even know it. Is that a bad thing that this guy was ousted? Is it like I'm, I'm just always curious to see how these things unfold without like throwing my hat in the ring on one side or the other, right? I feel like at this point, whether it's in politics or whether it's in the church, there are a lot of people that are tuned out because they're like, they don't, they don't know what to make of it. And so they're, they're just kind of sitting there in the, you know, like unmotivated, unactive middle of this thing. Like a lot of people... And on the ends of the extreme is where all of the, like, action and, you know, arguments and blah, blah, blah is happening. And I just kind of watch that and I look at it like, I just just want somebody to, like, speak reasonably to me. Like, I want somebody wise who is, like... Not not trying. I don't I don't feel like I'm being manipulated or I don't feel like I'm being bullied into a position, but rather like somebody who is rational and wise and, you know, comes across as like patient and really sincere about about getting to the truth rather than trying to, you know, slam an, an ideology down my throat. Um I have no idea why it's why we're and it's it's continuing. Like you said, we keep going to these extremes like people keep jumping into these extreme camps. And I have a feeling that a part of that is like they're afraid that the other side is going to take over. And, uh, you know, so fear is probably a huge motivator of that. Um, so I don't know. I mean, I'm throwing a lot uh, out a lot of observations on my my part, but um, I don't know. You yeah, no, I think all things? that's actually very well said. I mean, that's that's what I desire too. Um, I'm not. I mean, it it comes down for me to just a choice. Like, okay, well, how am I going to engage all of this? And I think that um, you know, for me, what I've been trying to learn how to do is just stay focused on you know, on my, my interior peace in relationship with, with God. And then really trying to spend more time asking him, like, what do you, what do you think about all of this? Like, mm-hmm. how, shape my mind, shape my heart, help me to respond uh, as I can, you know, when I'm able to these things going on, to be measured. But I like, I like particularly your word, curious. I, I've been, I think, on my own journey in terms of learning. I've always been curious, but my my curiosity when I was a younger, newer scholar was more like a, it was like an indulging curiosity where it's like I just couldn't get enough. I was just inhaling information and just, you know, but I wasn't actually, um, I really wasn't processing or trying to assimilate or trying to sort of like sit with things and, and gain insight and wisdom, to use that word too, because that, that's really good. Wisdom sees deeply into things. 
Um, and I think as time's gone on, has gone on for me, I've learned more and more how to do that. And that takes patience. And it takes it does take curiosity. You have to be curious and humble enough to really look at things in a kind of detached and, and measured way and not be too quick to formulate a judgment or an opinion. Uh, because, you know, the more life experience I've had, the more I realize things just aren't the way they first appear. Mm. You know, like... Um, things get spun, things get, you know, presented in very biased, very prejudiced ways. You get partial, fragmented pictures of things. Well, we even have our own filters and biases and things that we're not even aware of that distort the, the reality of things at times. Yeah, and I, and I find, too, that, that, you know, I think a lot of times people don't realize how much their inner self is conditioning how they see things and how they perceive things. So they might have a very strong conviction and have all these arguments. But at the end of the day, this is just really a projection of some inner conflict or inner issue that you're having that probably has nothing mm. to do with the topic at hand, but, yeah. but in fact, you're just being triggered by something. Hmm. And, you know, you mentioned fear, but, you know, and I, and I do. That's, um, I, I've, been, I've been watching and I've been paying attention and I've been listening carefully to what what sides are saying. And one of the things that I would say, um, I notice about people on the more conservative side of things, whether it's American politics or, or church politics, is, is a very fear, anxiety-driven perception of things. Mm. Not that there's not things to be concerned about. Absolutely, there's a lot of things to be concerned about. But for me personally as a Christian, at the end of the day, like I always have to come back to the fundamental question, who's in charge? Yeah. So I, 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 I go to the image of, you know, the apostles on the boat on the Sea of Galilee. And, you know, there, it's not to deny there's a storm on the sea. It's not to deny that it's a natural human reaction to be afraid of, you know, the boat filling up and drowning. But the reality is, is that Jesus is asleep on the bow because... He's not concerned about the storm. Mm. He's more concerned about the faith of the apostles. And I always joke when I teach on this that when the apostles wake him up and they're all kind of like frustrated with him, it isn't because they were wanting him to calm the storm because it didn't occur to them that he could. They wanted him to get a bucket and get the water out of the boat. And what's ironic about it is the small-mindedness of their solution in the, in the <laughs> right. face of being in the boat with God. Like, okay, so you're going you're gonna to beat the sea by getting a couple of buckets, and you're going to try to empty the boat faster than the waves are pouring into it mm. when God is sitting in the bow of the boat. So when I see Catholics reacting to the politics, either of the, of, of the state or the politics of the church, it just reminds me, hmm. you know, of, uh, of, of the apostles in the boat freaking out at the storm, focused on the storm and not on the presence of Christ in the boat. Hmm. And so for me personally, like I used to, I, could, I can relate very well to that fear and that anxiety because I still struggle with it. I mean, part of what's been a struggle this week is I'm getting triggered by all this stuff and I, and I want to go to that sort of visceral emotional reaction and lash out, you know, with my tongue and my, you know, my wit, because that's, that's kind of how I would, would fight things, especially when I was younger, you know, I didn't have big arms, you know. 
if you could picture Mike right now, he's yeah. he's <laughs> so ripped and yeah, right. just an enormous guy. No, yeah, that that's not true. But uh, <laughs> you know, but but I I was uh, I grew up as a very argumentative person, and I I became very sharp tongued and very witty. You know, like I could just I could cut someone down very sure. quickly with my words because that was my best defense. But you know, but I've had to, you know, I've had to learn how to, you know keep my eyes on the Lord and and say, you know what, this is your church. And I'm sure you I'm sure you know what's going on. Right. And I'm sure you've got a plan. And I'm sure your plan's gonna work. Okay. So, so, so I don't need to worry about it. What I need to do is be faithful to you in this moment. Yeah. So uh we talked about this a little bit before coming on here, but you know, I'm imagining that the that the people who are, you know, defenders of the faith, you know, those people that are out on the conservative side of things, especially that are, you know, they're, they're proclaiming the right thing that, that in this given situation, you know, they, I'm sure that they would be like, well, I'm not, I'm not fearful. I believe that, you know, I know that the Lord is, is you know, has got this in the end. So it's like, are they just unaware of how fearful they are or or they because I'm sure that they're probably like I'm doing this because uh it's the right thing to do it's you know I like steering people in the right direction or making sure that the that you know the the people that are trying to upset the ship or turn it in the wrong direction are corrected you know what I mean um I mean I personally I feel like whenever, if I reflect on it, I always feel like you're just afraid. You're afraid. You're afraid. You're afraid. Like you might not be afraid that the church is gonna, you know, you might know in your heart that the Holy Spirit's gonna lead it to the end of time and all that great stuff. But you're afraid. But, but you're afraid of how these people are going to affect it. Yeah. You know. I, let me just intervene right there. I think they hold that as a notional idea, but. On a personal, subjective level, that's not how they're reacting. So on a, on a very personal level, they are afraid that somehow everything we believe is not going to be true. Like, the church is indefectible. <laughs> yeah. The magisterium of the church is not going to change her teaching because we believe as a matter of faith that that cannot happen. Yeah. But yet, you're afraid it's going to happen. Right. So... And then you touch it, on everybody yeah. else's fear that reads your articles or watches your YouTube videos... And, you know, and then they're like, oh, my gosh, I, like, I, is the church going to crumble? Or are we going to, like, fade out of existence because these this other faction from the left is coming in? And, uh, you know, and then they get all, you know, they, because we look to people. I mean, people look to people to, to you know, provide them comfort and peace. And rather than looking to Jesus is probably the ultimate problem. Like, well, you know. If you really, if you're walking with the Lord and and you know and you and you really believe in your heart in in the the church and what God has revealed to us through the church, like I don't know, man. I walk around with a lot. I sometimes I would say even blind confidence. Like I, all of this stuff to me ends up being amusing because I'm like, I it's not it's not really it's not that big of a deal. Like. There's no way, there's no way in my mind that that the Pope is going to say something, let's say about, you know, homosexual marriage, 
the, the, the Pope mentions something, it has a question, gives an answer about it. Like, the church has a very specifically clear uh, teaching about that that can't, can't really be overturned or, or it would cease to be the church anymore. I mean, he just, but, and he doesn't. He doesn't have, he can't do that. He can't do that. And he won't do that. So it's like, what? I, okay, I get it. Like, maybe, maybe his answer needs to be clarified or, you know, maybe it's not. Maybe it, it, there's some things that need to be worked through or thought about or broken open about what he's saying. But he's not going to do that. Like, it's just not going to happen. Because I do believe in the infallibility of the church, in, the, in like the doctrine of it. Like it doesn't, that stuff to me can't change. And if it does, then I'm on, like, hell, it's, it's the, the end of the end world. Of it's the, the world, end of the world. As we know it. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, I just don't. Yeah, no, I mean, I, I'm, I'm right there. I'm right there with you. Um, you know, I, I think. I think part of it is is that there's the people in the context of a kind of group think you can get all spun up with this kind of righteous indignation at, at something that you perceive. But again, uh, I don't think that there's nearly enough empathy in terms of listening and trying to understand where a different point of view might be coming from and what values are at stake for them and what they're trying to, you know. Well, that requires curiosity. Yeah, uh, and know? humility and yeah. and a calm spirit and, and really patient, you know, uh, forbearance with one another, all these Christian yeah, virtues, right. mercy, you know, all these things. But I, I also want to say, just to be fair, because I don't think it's just the right. I think the left is reactive oh, sure. too, but, the, sure. but it's different. It's a different type of thing. And uh, whether, again, whether it's American politics or church politics, it's always coming out of this place of a victim mentality and always this need to change. Like there's always this hyper need to change timeless truths, to relativize everything, to make everything like so over accommodating, which is, of course, a trigger to the right because the right's conservative. And so they want to hang on and they want to yeah. conserve things. So, it you know, it's like a it's just like a really difficult um you know, Wimbledon match is like back, you know, you know, mm, yeah, you know, it just goes back and <laughs> right. forth and they, and they trigger each other and it just, it just, it, it just, uh, you know, sort of like explodes into this flurry of, yeah. of, of intensity. Yeah. But, but again, I think it's, you know, it, it, not every, like to speak to the situation on the left, not everybody's a victim. Right. And, 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 and there are certain evils in society that we're never going to conquer. Like you, you don't, there's no, there's no political solution to, to, to so many of our problems the the, the solution is conversion and uh, that's harder and mm. more difficult, <laughs> you know, so you want to, you know, you want to come up with some sort of policy or some sort of activist kind of thing. And then it always ends up being some form of accommodation to the spirit of the world. And, uh, and it's like, you know, I mean, I get triggered by that too, you know, like, I'm like, you know, like listening to the German bishops. It's like, I think, you know, they're saying we need to bless, have some sort of ceremony to bless homosexual marriage. It's like, mm. no, that's not what we need. Right. You know, can't, when is the German church going to realize that all you've ever done is accommodate yourself to the culture mm. instead of standing strong with a conviction about the gospel Jesus didn't accommodate himself to sin, but on at, uh, by the same token, speaking to people on the right, he didn't sit there and browbeat people with doctrine either. Like those, neither of those were the solution. Mm. 
you know, Jesus showed up in people's broken lives and he loved them to a new life. He, he accompanied them. He, I like to put it this way. He reached his hand into the hell of human suffering and pulled us out. And, and so when we're looking at the problems going on in the church, th that's the way we need to think and respond, you know, with love, with patience, um, with a certain um, abiding presence yeah. in the face of yeah. whatever's going on. Well, so, we have a, we have a uh, saying that we like to use a lot um, here, and it's that Jesus is always in the elevated center. Like, you know, he's... He's never he's never on the extremes. He's he doesn't reside in the extremes. He's always, you know, of course he's perfectly balanced in every single way, and and I think that's the real integrated integrated. It's the real struggle. It's it is the struggle of humanity is constantly trying. I mean, you're not going to do it by yourself. I, I say that, and I'm like, nope, you're not going to solve it. You're not going to integrate yourself. Like, it can really only be done, that integration that we need so that we're not in these, you know, warring camps and stuff like that is to be integrated. And that that is only, you, you can't will yourself into that. Like, that is really only something that a conversion of heart, you know, with Jesus is going gonna, is gonna to happen. And so it, it's always so weird and sad and disheartening for me that even in the Catholic Church, and I know it's, it's a, you know, it's a filled hospital for sinners. Everybody, you know, all the, these, these like, you know, uber conservative theologians and these uber conservative bishops that are constantly critical and constantly fretting that the Pope is, this Pope is going to be the downfall of the church. And I mean, I'm putting words in their mouth, but, you know, like it, there's a disintegrated nature that I sense that that is coming, that they're coming out of that. They're coming out of like a place of not being, not being integrated and not being in that, like seeking to be in that elevated center with Jesus, but rather holding on to some extreme you know, n notion. And, uh, and I realize that's just, that's just part of the kind of the fallen nature of humanity. But, uh, I don't know. I would, I would like them. I would like them to be better. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. That's well, all. Yeah. That's, it's very condescending. But, <laughs> but, but I, you know, I, I mean, again, I just, just to be fair, I, I, I would say the same thing. I think a lot of times, um, you know, people's sort of compassion and accommodationalism on the left is blind. Sure. You know, yeah, and, and, and they, they, I think they pride themselves on being in that elevated center, but they're not following the master because the master didn't sidestep difficult issues and he didn't sidestep sin. But, but again, going forward for all of us, I think the way forward is, is like we, we really have to try to emulate the kind of, um, uh, you know, the kind of uh, grounded, I mean, I like the word integrated, but the kind of grounded, integrated presence of divine love in the world. A, a love that's animated, that's shaped by the truth, but but it's it, it opens up a space for people to find healing and uh, to find a new life for mm. themselves. And in this environment, like, 
that that's just really hard to we're not creating that we're creating the opposite we're creating this very toxic environment where people are forced to kind of like choose sides mm. and uh, forced into these corners and these camps and uh, and then the the you know it's almost it's to me it's embarrassing the way people way fellow Catholics and it's not just a problem in the Catholic Church it's it's you know but just to point to our sure. our home base here. You know, it's embarrassing the way we treat each other, the way uh, people are talking to each other, and 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 falling prey to the to the very divisive um, sort of identity politics that's going on out in the world, uh, and using social media channels uh, in in such mm-hmm. a manner that um, we're just constantly constantly detonating yeah. you know landmines. Yeah, the um, devil the devil is so all over this like. And I, I, I don't throw that out very often. People people say that all the time. Like, anything that's bad that happens, they're like, well, it's, you know, the devil's... Blah, blah, blah. And it's like, well, I, I don't know if I believe that. But I do believe that the devil is so clever in... I mean, he... Yeah, he's at the heart of all of this divisiveness. And um, I think, you know, I... As you were talking, it made me think of my favorite movie. Do you know what that is? The Matrix. Oh, my gosh. The timeless nature of that movie, which is hilarious. I won't go into, like, <laughs> the directors of that movie and the, wow, the derailing of their lives. But but the premise of the movie is that people walk around with a veil pulled over their eyes. And the life that they think they're living, which is a life of comfort, you know, they surviving, they're surviving. They might not be thriving, but they're getting by enough and they have enough comfort in their lives to, to sedate them. And then, and then there's a faction of people that are, you know, pulling other people into reality, right? And the reality, while it might not be as pretty and is comfortable, they understand their minds are blown by the freedom that they have, like the freedom that they're able to experience, the freedom of choosing, the freedom of uh, acting, you know, like, and, and which they, once they see how they were before, they're like, you know, that sucked. That sucked. I would, you know, like, so I feel like that's what we're, we're, we're living in the matrix. Like, we're living with veils pulled over our eyes that m- most of the time, and this was true for my life, most of the time, I didn't even realize the layers of veil that were pulled over my eyes. And as I keep going along on this journey and, and desiring and wanting and exploring more of this like reality of life, while simultaneously it can be difficult and challenging in ways that it wasn't before, it's ultimately freeing. Like it's freeing and it's, and I, and I'm seeing God more, I'm seeing God in that reality in a way that I would never have been able to see before. So, you know, I'm, I'm just, I'm saying that because like, yeah, this, this, the sense of embarrassment and stuff like that, of just how people within the church treat each other and they're walking with veils over their eyes and like, you know, and I'd love to go and rip the veils off of people's eyes, and I'd love somebody to continue ripping the veil off of my my eyes. But it has to be something people want. It has to be something that people desire. 
it has to be a, a, a free choice that people make, you know? And so like, I'm saying that, but I don't know what I mean. Like where to go? Like how, well, you know? Yeah. I mean, I, I'm the question that's surfacing is like, well, how, what's the key to doing that? And I, and I guess what I know to be true, both, you know, sort of theoretically, but also practically in my life is, is that, you know, when, when my, when my heart is really rooted in divine love, then I see differently. And, uh, and I can, can I just interject real quick? Yeah. Because I totally agree with you. What I've observed in the work that we've done, and this is even for my own life, we can think we know what divine love is, but there has sometimes there has to be like an unveiling of what true divine love is. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, I do. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, I think that's an important qualification. Is it's got to be authentic. It's got to be, and and then the only access to that is to really spend time meditating on the person of Jesus. Amen. Because he is the full revelation of who who God is and God's heart. And I think you know. It, it ultimately comes back, I mean, it only even comes back to these, to the theological virtues of faith, hope, and love. You know, we, we can, again, we can assent to these virtues in a notional way, like, yeah, I believe in those. Mm -hmm. But the question is, is do I get up every day, like down to the core of my being, in, in the center of my soul, in the depths of my heart, do I really trust God? Do I entrust everything to Him? Do I get up and live every moment? Does every thought unfold and, and of course the answer is no okay so I know what work I need to work on because I need to continue learning how to really hand things over to the Lord you know and I have to trust that his expectations are way bigger than mine you know again going back to the the, the boat on the sea you know the apostles were looking for a bucket you know another person to, 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 to throw the water out of the boat Jesus could calm the storm there, there's no proportionality between those two things whatsoever. <laughs> right. But so, so do we really trust God? Secondly, do we really hope in his promises? Like, do we really believe that this is passing? Whatever it is, this is passing. There is something wonderful, amazing, uh, something we can't even imagine that is so great waiting for us at the end if we just keep continue to trust the Lord mm. in the present moment. And then do I really believe that God, do I really believe that God loves me so much you know, that, that I can truly be free, that I can truly be a child of God? Or do I operate out of shame? Do I operate out of out of a, a sense of self-loathing? Do I operate out of a sense of self-contempt, um, you know, where I'm constantly psychologically flogging myself, you know, uh, because I'm a terrible, rotten person? You know, like, mm. like if I really am grounded, you know, in, in, in the divine life, I, I trust God, I really trust God. I really hope in his future promises. And I really know and experience and feel in the depths of my being how loved I am. Yeah. And when I'm in that place, and then I take to my day, and I and I take up the tasks, or I, I interact with the world around me, I will be different. Yeah. And and I can, at the end of any day, or in the course of any day, I can, I can, I can reflect on and be sufficiently curious about what's going on inside of myself. Instead of Worrying about what's going on in the House floor or worrying what's going on in Rome right now with the Synod. Like, what's going on inside of me in terms of how God's working in me? Like, and, and if, I'm, if I'm coming, if I feel fear arising in me and anxiety arising in me, I'm lacking faith. You know, if yeah. I feel like, if I feel just depressed and kind of defeated and hopeless, 
there's no hope that I don't I'm not living in hope and if I'm constantly evaluating and judging and holding the ruler up to everybody I'm not living in a place of divine love yeah so it it I, I think that you know the answer you know how do you get out of the matrix so to speak of sort of the falsification and the and the the veil of 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 confusion and and conflict that that our world is constantly throwing up in our face hmm. how do i know i'm out of the matrix because i i think i'm going to experience a deep peace in my soul hmm. because because my heart is trusting god hoping in his promises and really living from from a conviction of how how much god's love is yeah for us and so, I mean, and that's the key to the saints. You know, obviously that's that's the journey of the saints. We're always every day getting up trying to live more fully in that. But, yeah. you know, it's not, it's like, it's not trivial. I think sometimes like we can wax eloquent about these things, but I'm telling you, and you know, it is so hard to do it every day. So hard. It, and that's why the days, the days where I do, I do experience that and I do that well are the best days of my life. You know, like... Those are the, the, and I, you know, I'm like, oh, I want to, I want to live in that every day, you know, but then the new day creates new challenges and new opportunities and new, like, uh, yeah, the opportunities for me to either uh, to choose the right way or to, to not choose the right way. And, you know, so I don't know what the percentage is of the days that I choose well and the days that I don't, but I do know that uh, the days where I am doing all those things that you're saying where all those come together and I'm 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 literally feeling like wow I've got the mind of Christ I've got the heart of Christ like going on are those days of peace and joy and and no worry no anxiety you know and um I I think the other thing I just wanted to say is that uh you know it's so important we're so inundated with opinions like it and it's just becoming more exponential like the more social media grows and the more different outlets there are the more different ideologies like are are being thrown at us and and they're tapping into our own again our own filters or biases like it, it's something in our heart says oh i know what's right and this this camp is saying everything that that I know it's right. So I'm going to throw myself into listening or watching those people. And then you get inundated, you know, like you become like unidimensional. And um, I think it's so important, one, to to find the right information, you know, like to find those sources of information, whether they're outlets of media or whether they're people, you know, and uh, that you know that when you have questions or concerns, you're going to get a really good answer, like a really good answer. Not an answer necessarily that you want to hear or that reinforces your own stuff, but rather an answer that's true. And that's hard. It's hard to sift through all the garbage of that yeah. to find that. No, I agree. I agree. And I, I think it also, I would just add to that, that I think it's important to listen with deep curiosity to lots of different perspectives before coming to a place of judgment about things. And that's, yeah. again, there's a certain peace and abiding in that because it, it you know, it just takes, it takes time to, um, to sift through, to separate the wheat yeah. from the chaff 
and and you to have to be patient. <laughs> yeah, you do, and you yeah. and you you got to seek wisdom, which is to really seek the deeper things, to really plumb the depths, um, to take time to consider many points of view, to take it to prayer, you know, and, and not just kind of get triggered and be reactive and you know very opinionated, um, and uh, to maintain our peace because. I think honestly, at this time, the world needs people like that more than ever. Yeah. In my lifetime, more yeah. than ever. Like we just, like measured, weighed, yeah, interventions. Yeah. And 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 I and I think and there are some good voices like that who I think we can really respect and really trust. Um, and such as Dr. Michael Terrian. Well, you know, I'm working on it. But, uh, <laughs> no, I'm thinking of. I'm thinking of people like Father Jacques Philippe or yeah. or, or or Bishop Barron, you know, he gets criticized. It it, it 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 it's amazing to me. I mean, he's a very measured guy when when he he's balanced, he's nuanced. Some yeah. people would accuse him of being vanilla, but it's like, you know, or kind of you know, kinda of like uh He's probably somewhere in that yeah. elevated center with around that elevated center. Yeah, I mean I, I think he, he he thinks through things carefully and he's measured and 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 he's nuanced. Like he, he makes right distinctions. And a lot of people they just they don't like that because they, they want you know yeah. to be all charged up by yeah. their camp and their base and they want they want they get a certain pleasure and thrill out of that. Well, I'm sorry, but like that's just not the example that Christ gives us. No kidding. I mean, when he turns the tables over in the temple, which is the one time we see him really truly fired up, you know, he he was he was reacting very reasonably to some really horrible exploitation going on inside the temple on the part of people that were mm. taking advantage of poor people and making money on them yeah. for their piety yeah and uh and that's the one example and all the other times he gets kind of testy with people it's always the pharisees and the sadducees the legal the legalists the lawyers in the group mm -hmm. because their hearts were underdeveloped they they didn't have a sufficiently human response to people's uh fragility and brokenness yeah so anyway the, just, you know that elevated center i think you're right is just I, that place of um i just want to say one more thing and we're probably nearing our end but uh the other thing that i think of to help me navigate all of this extremism and it, not all of it is extreme some of it's less you know less clearly extreme but all of this like ideological like arguing and battling and warring. Um, and I think this is really important and it's probably very under uh, underestimated or undervalued in, in uh, Christian circles, especially Catholic circles maybe, is community. Like it is so vitally important and has been so important for me to have people around me that I can have these conversations with, that we can like like wrestle through these things together like in a I, spirit of friendship in a spirit of friendship i couldn't imagine like just trying to trying to navigate through all of this stuff alone you know and, and not necessarily with people that are all thinking no like you think no absolutely you know, not. like right. people who come at things from yes. different perspectives yep 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 but 
community, like just having a good community of people um, who are desiring this, the same things. You know, they like you said, they have their own, they have their own stuff, they have their own uh, viewpoints and their own experiences that that shape how they go about towards that. But at least you're going, you're trying to go towards the same thing, and yeah, that's that's super important, I think. Anyway. Yeah. No, that's good. Well, it's probably a good place to wrap. Super good place. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I'm sure you wanted to say one last thing about that. <laughs> You're always prompting me <laughs> as you sit across from me laughing. Go for yeah. it. Well, if you like this podcast, be sure to uh, like us on your on social media. Uh, visit us on the web at www.preambula.org. Just by the way, for those living in the Pittsburgh area, we do have we we, we have some uh, really great um, formational experiences that you can jump into at various parishes around the diocese. So check those out, and maybe you want to um, join one of our cohorts of the Way or On Fire. Um, that would be great. Mm, that would be so great. Yeah, it'd be awesome. Yep, preambula dot org. All right. See you, man. Yep. Take care. The Wise Guys Podcast is a production of Preambule Group, a Catholic ministry dedicated to helping you thrive in the heart of Jesus. Visit us on the web at preambula.org and follow us on social media.